0: Football club. This is Talkin Cowboys. streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys
1: World Headquarters
0: at the Star in Frisco.
1: Frisco. In.
0: And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, live from the Star in Frisco and the world headquarters of your Dallas Cowboys. Welcome into the SWBC studios. Like the big voice man said, Isaiah Stanback, John Machoda, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Gentlemen, how are we doing here on this Thursday?
2: Doing good. Can't complain. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, two more days before we're we're out to uh, Arizona. Going to see the Caleb Williams show on Saturday night and then um, see the Michael Parsons show on Sunday afternoon. Did
1: you get an invite to that? I did not. I don't get
2: invites, Kyle. (laughs) Did you get
3: one, John? I didn't, but I've thought about going to that. Oh, you You should. The line
1: keeps going up to where I'm like, is this even going to be competitive? But hey, maybe. Yeah, I mean, It's cool that you get to go see the second-best quarterback in a Pac-12. Cool.
2: Yeah. Or maybe I mean, even a third. Yeah, Shador's pretty good.
0: Ward at uh, – Shador's been good. <laughs> Ward yeah. at Washington State's been really good. Yeah, I mean, when
1: you look you at the like, best offense yeah, in, the, in the whole Pac-12. In, oh, my God, the whole country.
2: <laughs> You're right. Washington I mean, I State Washington. has been great. Yeah. They've been good. Washington who? Go okay. Cougs. Oh, there you go. Man.
0: Wow. That's rough. I've always been a wazoo guy. Always My, been. I don't care about the palouse. I don't know. I just like Ugh. the. I like the logo. They got mm-hmm. a cool logo. Mm-hmm.
3: When I the think the of Washington are nice. State, Mm-mm. I think of those people because it's not one person. <laughs> yeah, it's the random guy or girl <laughs> You're talking about the draft I pick. No, that and the back of college game day for the yep. longest time. Oh, yeah. would always have With like flag, a Washington State flag. crimson. to the point where they old did crimson. like a, a feature on it about how like they gotcha. it's mailed to a you know whatever city it's going to be in so that it can always be up in the background. Because it's one of those things where, I mean, game day was was not going to cover a Washington State game. Oh. But that flag was always in the background mm. on the highest flagpole <laughs> and behind every single set of every college game day that See, I watched in the, in the 90s. I and thought 2000s. when
1: you thought about Washington State, you thought about Ryan Leaf. That's what I thought you guys were going I'm, with. I'm serious. Oh. that second behind oh. the flag. Behind the that's
3: flag? Not gonna lie. It really is. you
1: got to respect the loyalty. you got to. I don't understand why there's loyalty. I don't mm. understand how that started. Have you even been to the Palouse? No. Yeah. No. I <laughs> haven't. I mean.
3: I've been to a lot of college football stadiums, and but
1: you don't want to go to that one. It's not on
3: no. my list. Not on. Not no. on the one. That but University
2: of to. Washington's on the list. You know I've why? Yeah, there. that's a pretty. I've cool been there. One. Most scenic cool. in the country every yeah. year. Coleman is one gating. of the most difficult college towns to get to. Because yeah, you have to fly to Seattle. <laughs> they and make it difficult because like nobody hours. wants to go there. What is <laughs> the Drive. Whenever I, I think it's like four and a half. Whenever I would talk to. Whenever I would talk to recruits, whenever they took an official visit to Washington State, they'd be like, "Yeah, I was done before I even got there." Oh wow. I was like, ugh. That's
0: rough. Let's talk some news and notes around. The Dallas Cowboys, of course, they were back on the practice field yesterday, Nick, and some injury updates from Mike McCarthy, a couple guys that look like they're on their way back and trending in the right direction, Then uh, Zach Martin was inactive yesterday, did not practice because of an ankle, it's that same ankle that he practiced with last week, but any cause, we'll start with Zach Martin just because that's the biggest name on the list, but any cause for concern on him missing practice on Wednesday?
2: Yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I think they're just giving him a day off there. I, I would expect the same today and or a limited fashion. Um, I, don't, I don't see him missing Sunday as of right now. I, we've heard it from Mike McCarthy, we've heard it from Jerry Jones, and we heard it from Zach after the game on Sunday. I don't think this is going to keep him out for a game. That's just me theorizing. Yeah, pretty
3: wild to think that how long they've gone without having their best five. I mean, it's that Niners playoff game at AT AT&T Stadium is the last time, you know, when they had Lyle Collins and Terrence Steele both playing, like, right tackle. They were both available for that game. Since then, there's not... Because all of last season, when they didn't have Tyron Smith, they had Terrence Steele. And then when Terrence Steele went out, then they had Tyron Smith. And so, and then obviously the way they started this season out Tyler Smith. So we're talking over 600 days uh, since you've had your, you know, best five able to go out onto the field. So... Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I'd be surprised if Zach missed this game. I think it was to give him some extra rest. Um, and for Mike McCarthy, he always talks about how important that Saturday practice is. As long as he's in on that, uh, I think all systems are go there, and they'll have that best five out there.
0: Yeah, just bubble wrap him and get him into to Sunday.
3: Get him to Sunday. Make yeah. sure that he's good to go at 325. I mean, watching that game over, it does have... It does remind me how much it must suck sometimes to play on the offensive line when you're just like, I'm blocking, I'm doing a great job, everything's going great, we're blowing this team out. Oh, somebody rolls up on the <laughs> back, and you don't see it coming, you don't know where it's at, and then just like, like, how, I mean, just the way he fell down multiple times and then just like fought to get back up. Like,
2: oh, it's like the Mickey dealing? Spagnola. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> I
0: I imagine that's exactly what goes through Zach's head whenever he's blocking. Everything's going great. Yeah. This is so easy. I'm just going to drive this guy ten yards in the Ow. backfield. <laughs> oh!
2: Got him. Uh so Tyler Smith trending in the right direction uh, though. You, you expect him to go on Sunday? I think all five will be up front on Sunday. Woo! Knock on. We're going to knock on this every single day. And it's, just, it's the offensive line wood plank. That's what that's what there it is. should we just but, get uh, a
1: wood plank and just put it in here. <laughs> we should just <do laughs> a two by four just yeah, hanging exactly right here. Uh,
2: but yeah, I, I think all five will be up front on on Sunday against Arizona for the first time ever. That's huge. And we, I mean, Mike McCarthy's
0: talked about it. The The cohesion on the offensive line, the consistency of the same group up front is imperative. And going off of what John just said, I mean, 600-plus days, two years since you have had that best five. What, What does that do for a quarterback? I mean, what does that do for Dak Prescott knowing that you've got your best five up front? Just from a mentality
1: standpoint. I mean, it gives you more confidence, obviously, when you have your best guys out there. But I don't think in this particular offense that he's too bothered by it because he's not holding the ball a ton. I think Tony Pollard would probably be the, the happiest person mm-hmm. on earth going into this game. He's Happy. the real benefactor. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I was, I was about to piggyback off that and say the exact same thing. 2.9 yards per carry for Tony on uh, on Sunday. I think he will be the happiest man in the room when all five go up front. <laughs>
0: Especially if Zach's fully ready to go and you have Tyler Smith fully ready to go. That's some strength up front. Tyron Smith had one of the highest PFF grades in terms of run blocking uh, in the most recent matchup. So, I mean, if he's healthy, he's still Tyron Smith, which is phenomenal to see. Uh, what about Donovan Wilson switching the defensive side of the ball and J. Ron Curse, both on the injury report? Uh, any concerns around what they're doing?
2: Yeah, it sounds like Jaron Curse is battling uh, an illness. Um, I don't think it's anything that would keep him out of a game at this point. And then Donovan Wilson slowly ramping him back up, getting him back into uh, you know game routine, game speed. Um, I I don't think he'll have a large part in the game if he plays on Sunday. Uh, I, I don't think you need him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if it were me, I'd keep him out one more week and then let him let him roll against New England. But um, you know we'll see what happens as the week goes on. Yeah, I could see him maybe
3: like the Jordan Lewis situation where he's on kind of a little pitch count just to kind of get him back out there. Um, but I'd be surprised if he played the full game. But he seems like he's pretty close to getting back out there. And same with J. Ron Curtis. I think it's just it's an illness, not anything that's, as Lisa right now, that would keep him out of the game.
1: Does, does Joe Burrow's situation make you pump the brakes
2: a little bit? Yes. For me, at least, and yeah, the Aaron Rodgers situation, yeah,
3: both of them just
0: having the reaggravation of an injury, yeah, a, a, specifically, specifically that calf. calf. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Now, Joe's always not Kevin in... Durant for me. Mm, I that's always, true. That, yeah. That's always the one I think of, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, when he had that. He had the calf, and then and then the Achilles right after that. So, because cool. it was in the playoffs, they wanted him to come back out there. Obviously, he wanted to play, at least I think, and then. <laughs> I will always remember that one because it's the one where, again, they're wearing shorts so you could see on yeah, the replay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were like, "Yep, that's not <laughs> good.
0: <laughs> I mean, with at least with Joe Burrow's case, I mean, it's not severe re-aggravation, but it could be severe if he continues to push it as the season goes
1: along. Why do you make that play? That because things? calves suck. Calves are like hamstrings, and you can't do anything without your calves, especially at the quarterback position or the deepest in the back position or any position. Yeah, you whenever can't you're just right playing it downhill, you can, no, you can't <laughs> just tape it up. So I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of moving parts in there, and so when you piss it off, you got to chill on it for a while, and you have to do constant work on it and scar tissue, making sure nothing's being bound down. It's it's a it's a pain in the butt, and then it okay. probably
3: also I would think as a quarterback limits your thought of running or moving as much you probably want to stay in the pocket more to not and that and you don't want to limit yeah. somebody as talented as joe Burns. yeah i mean but. but
1: you're staying on the balls of your feet that's what's the thing about this sport right and unless you're an office alignment you know you're on the balls of your feet for everything that you do so your your calf is activated like and dependent upon heavily so it's just a it's it's a bad situation i would play it super cautious um super good you know Safe. I would just be safe as all get out. And, you know, Joe Burrow, your boy, uh, old Will Greer might get a a shot here sooner or later out there. I will say,
3: I I do think that they've tried to be as safe as they can with Donovan up to this point, too, because you think about when this happened, this is, like, right at the start of training camp. Mm -hmm. So um, I remember thinking at that time, like, oh, is this something where he's going to be back in, like, a couple weeks? And we didn't see him again on the field until other than doing cords and things like that. So... I think they're, they are, to your point, trying to mm-hmm. give
1: as much time as possible, for Which sure. It doesn't help that a lot of attention being placed on calves in the, in the NFL right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think and Mike McCarthy's talked about it, too, with Donovan Wilson being closer than Tyler Smith. If Tyler Smith's going to go, I think Donovan Wilson's yeah. well ready for it. And they, We talked about it even last week. Do you let him sit? Because he did enter practice. He did put the pads on last week. He was limited throughout but do you sit him out one more week if he's not ready Uh, of course they did end up doing Mm -hmm. that so I think at least at this point like you said the way that they've handled it with caution from the very beginning it looks like he's going to be good to go heading into Sunday now there's plenty to talk about of course today we're going to preview the Cowboys offense versus the Cardinals defense but I want to talk about some of these role players on the defensive side of the football first some of the guys that with Donovan Wilson returning uh how will their roles change and either diminish or increase throughout the season, starting with Marquise Bell? I mean, Bell's come in. He's kind of been the enforcer. He's played down a little bit at the linebacker uh, with some of the injuries up front. Do you think that – who do you think's role changes, Marquise Bell or Wanye Thomas more with the return of Donovan Wilson?
3: Honestly, I think both. Because you're, yeah. you're not taking j off the field. You're not taking Malik Hooker off the field. Uh, you're not taking Leighton Van Der Escher off the field. You're not taking Damone Clark off the field. And so – donovan wilson fits in somewhere in there but then that's the other thing about what's been so great about dan quinn is that he has different game plans week to week and so uh i say that as a whole like after you look at a several games and you look back like okay who's who did donovan take snaps away from i think it'll be those two
1: yeah
2: i i would lean wanye but I, i'm with john it's it's both uh, both of those guys have been able to kind of fill in for that role uh here in these first two weeks and um yeah, we, we saw them kind of a toy with those roles during training camp, or excuse me, during preseason as well. So I, I think Wanye just a little bit more, just because I feel like he has more of that that defensive backfield tendency right now. Whereas Bell, they've been highlighting him in the second level. He's mm-hmm. been working with the linebackers. It's been a little bit different. I think he's eventually going to carve a role there where he can rotate in more with the second level rather than Donovan in, in, in the backfield. So I, I lean Wanye, but both for sure. Touche. Touche. Touche.
0: Now, what about on the, the, the second level with guys like Damone Clark and, and, and Leighton and Esch? I mean, those two guys are, are pretty much solid in terms of the roles that they're going to have. But do you have anybody on that second level that has to step up and continue to take a step forward now with, with, without having to rotate down Marquise Bell, with having Donovan Wilson now come in the fold? Who else do you need to step up at that second level at the linebacker spot?
1: I mean, Nobody. Yeah, I don't see anything that's glaring right now. <clears throat> it would have been interesting, though, if
3: Overshone stays healthy because yeah. you can only play 11 players on the field, and he was trending in a direction where you were not going to want to take him off the field. So I think that would have played a little bit more into it, but there's just a lot of proven guys in this defense that I'm trying to keep them on the field as much as possible.
0: I just think it's wild that you're running right now with two linebackers. I mean, that's kind of what you're running with. You're, you're yeah. running with... Leighton Van Der Esch and Damon Clark, and that's kind of why I asked the question mm-hmm. is there's nobody else there. I mean, the only other linebacker on the entire roster is Devin
3: Harper. And Devin Harper has been special teams almost. I mean, I feel they look at isolated. Bell that way, though. I mean, just watching some of those drills and practice and that yeah. he's down there with with the linebackers. I think because of the overshown entry, that's the way they, they view him now. That that's
0: just, it, it still is wild, like yeah, you said, just, just, just the non-traditional way you fit it through. It's yeah. a very
1: non traditional
0: defense. What would you so. what would you call it? Is it I mean is, is it mm-hmm. a true it's like a four-two, mm-hmm. pretty much four-two. Yeah, yeah. four-two big nickel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's I mean, it's like a base big nickel now
3: though.
1: Yeah, like yeah.
0: that's not a rotating in sort yeah, of deal. So it four, is. It is interesting four, two, though
3: with football how it trickles up. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. trickle down. It's like it starts at you know high school college level, and then that stuff becomes such a norm that it's like well, yeah, if we're going to do this and be successful in the pros, this is what these guys are doing. We have to adapt to some of this. And the game has obviously changed with yeah. all the receivers, everyone's spread out like that. So that's why it feeds into that. It's right. also why, unfortunately, you know, the salaries for running backs have gone down. So. Yeah.
0: And it'll turn around. It'll always flip. It's got ebbs and flows back and forth. Running back yeah. may not. But
2: I'll, I'll say this. If an injury happens – to either Leighton Vander Esch or Damone Clark at any point during the season, uh, especially if it's like during the first quarter of a really big game, we're going to see that depth get really tested. Like Marquise yep. Bell would have to step up in a huge way, and I think he would be the guy to fill in for either spot over Devin Harper or Juanita really? Thomas. Uh, just in my opinion, his athleticism—I don't feel like you could you could keep that off the field in that situation. That'd be tough, though. It'd be really tough.
0: You talked about the bubble guts on the offensive side of the ball. That's that's a little bubble gut. Now, right now, it hasn't had to come into fruition because your defensive line's been so good. Your secondary's (laughs) been so good. But if it comes to the point where one of those two guys does go down and he's not available for a significant amount of time, then it's, who I don't know.
1: Like, where do you – what does that defense even look like? Yeah, I mean, you got guys. I mean, the second level, you just can't be – physically mm, I don't know what's the best way of saying this when your defensive front is playing like they're playing it's not a problem it's really not that much of an issue now if your defensive front is not getting penetration or they're not demanding double teams or they're allowing guys up to the second level now all of a sudden you need some size right there because you don't want to get just ran over right? you don't yeah. want to get juggernaut so right now it's not a problem you know and Even if there was an injury at that second level, if the defensive line continues to play like they're playing, I still don't foresee it being a problem. Now, if you come out against a team that is running the crap out the ball, which I don't necessarily see one team that we're going to face right now that is doing that, then you would then you have some things that you have to worry about.
2: Let me pose this question. Let's say an injury does happen in the second level. Um, they have a, they have a week to practice on it. They can mm-hmm. they can flush it out and make it look good. Do you put Michael Parsons back? in the I'm no. so
3: glad you asked it. that. That no. literally was what I was thinking. It, it about. Crossed, I was about to say. I know no one's asking this, but if anyone out there is thinking, I still don't want Michael
2: it Parsons crossed, playing
1: linebacker. It crossed linebacker. my mind for like 0.2 seconds and it got <laughs> canceled you, out. Like yep. no, no.
2: With as elite as this pass pass rush group is, you, you still want him involved there?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I don't. I personally don't think Michael Parsons is that effective at linebacker. That's, that's me. That's I think the mean. numbers say that
2: too. Yeah, that's for that. Sure. film I mean, certainly yeah. says It's, seven. Seven. it's more so first... just like, do you want to put the natural guy who who knows the position a lot better more than Marquise Bell? Or would you rather have Marquise Bell who's still playing that versatility role? He might be a little leaner. He might, yeah. when he's coming downhill, it might be a little I bit mean, more difficult to make that tackle. Look but...
1: across the board at, at linebackers in the league right now. I mean, usually most teams have one, maybe two good-sized, traditional-sized linebackers. Other than that, these guys are not big. Yeah. No, they're athletic. I mean, they're, they're athletic. These 215 two hundred Twenty-pound linebackers now, so I'm bigger than most of the linebackers in the league. You know, so I mean, it's just yeah. just a slight flex. To <laughs> just it's
2: sign Isaiah Standback, yeah, is what he's no, saying. don't do that. <laughs>
1: But the, the his phone number is <laughs> yeah I mean but like linebackers are just not it's not built that way the often to your point offenses have changed and because offenses have changed they're not running downhill and you know these these I formations and these big thirteen personnel you're not seeing that anymore so there's no need to have two hundred and fifty pound guys at the second level and just, and just like the
3: running back thing man I'm telling you the money the money is the proof in it that's yep. why no one's mm-hmm. wanted to be like hey I'm the top linebacker I'm top. No, no 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 I want to be judged as an edge rusher I'm an edge rusher over here because that. That's where the money's at, you know. Yeah. So uh Bobby Wagner, phenomenal. Obviously, if you can have a Bobby Wagner, you you'll take that every day yeah, of the you week. Could have. But well yeah, that's good, <laughs> that's good point. Fair, yes. yeah. True. Yeah, they could have Bobby Wagner. Yes. But uh but give me the edge rusher if it's gonna be on that type of a level. I'm talking like Hall of Fame type Bobby Wagner level. Yeah. I'd rather have the edge rusher.
0: Yeah, that I mean especially with the way that this is also defense an edge rusher
3: who's not just an edge rusher, a rusher that lines up literally all over the defensive line that you can constantly move around like that—it just—I don't want to take—I I don't want to take that strength ever away from from yeah. the defense. But to your point, it does make sense. I mean, they're so deep up there that I just don't want—I wouldn't want to take Mike away from being on the ball. Yeah. Would
2: you do it? You asked the question. No, I wouldn't do it off off rip. I would Mm -hmm. I would give Marquis Bell a a thorough opportunity. And if it wasn't working out and something needed to happen there, then I would toy with it. What would you classify as a thorough opportunity? Uh, A whole game, maybe a game and a half, even just uh, having that opportunity to to play in the second level and play every snap. Um, Yeah,
3: they're so good everywhere else that I would try and sign a veteran. That as well. Like, I mean, I know that that player is not going to come in and be, you know, blow you away or anything but I I would rather keep my strength my strength than to sit there and pull away from my strength and kind of maybe make my defense Where's a little Malik? bit
1: weaker is Malik on practice squad he is yeah right
3: there, there yeah there's I that to go for him. I like Malik yep. yeah I like him a lot I think
1: uh Anthony Barr's still out no, there too no. right Malik I mean, Jefferson no. oh okay
0: I just want to you
1: know, what, <laughs> I I
3: just thought about. what's
2: that about
1: I just just <laughs> he's a big body and he doesn't fit this defense
2: that's gotta, a good
3: point. That doesn't really fit with the way this defense is played. Would
0: you? You just want you, more you, athleticism? There is yeah. what you are saying. Yep. Yeah.
3: I. I don't mean this. I really don't.
0: Mm but would you say you have a clear eye view of uh, of confused. anthony Barr? would you oh. would you i thought you meant of having a clear eye I view said, I know oh what no yeah oh no i'm referencing i know what he's saying oh, no, i'm, referencing it. I'm he's definitely saying. referencing i know exactly <laughs> what he's saying <laughs> i'm going trust on me right? i'm not oh, doing it. It's, yeah, it's, oh yeah you weren't yeah, yeah we clear eye view is the uh, the brand for uh, jalen smith
2: oh okay gotcha. yeah there you go gotcha, okay. clear eye view okay. that's his
0: that's his mantra what a time what
3: John's like, all right, let's go to the second segment. All right, <laughs> yeah. When you sent that thing to us with the with the, on the list, I thought we were going to do offensive players too. I was like, all ready to go. Oh yeah, talk well, about players let's Talk up.
0: about offensive players. We I just kind like, of ran out of time. Well, no, because you has brought up, question. When you said the
3: defense. I was like, damn, like I can't really think of many defensive guys that For the I can see, you know, you know, because you said like step, like having more of a role as the yeah. season goes on. Like I was like, man, there's just so many. I already think the depth's so solid that. Barring any injuries, like it's pretty set. Like What I think they have on, def- on offense, there's definitely some spots.
0: Let's talk about it. When we come back, we'll have some offensive roles that are going to increase. And then we'll also have Isaiah's QB vision scanning the Cardinals' defense for their biggest player playmaker. And where are they struggling? How can Dallas have a big day? When we come back with more Talking Cowboys right after this. App only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC.
1: Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you?
2: Dear Doctor,
1: my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, Thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say, Give her a delicious Dr. Pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda yes any dr pepper flavor will do now just a reminder that i don't need to be a real doctor to know that dr pepper is the one you deserve
0: To Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Back here at the Star in Frisco with Nick, John, Isaiah, Chris in the back, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Now, John, you alluded to it, which role player will increase throughout the year, which role will increase for some players throughout the year on the offensive side. I threw out the defensive question in the first segment, mostly to point out the lack of linebacker depth and then also to point out the fact that it's pretty set in stone
3: across the board. Offense is a completely different story. Absolutely. I can think of multiple players. One that jumps out to me is Jalen Tolbert, just because he has a series where he catches three balls and he only had two catches off last year. I can just see that continuing to increase and I see him as a young player that they're going to want to get involved more as they go. Even with Brandon Cook's back healthy, I still think Jalen Tolbert will have a bigger role, so he would probably be number one on my list. And he he didn't just catch multiple passes. I mean, he was creating
0: separation, and that's something that we hadn't seen from Jalen Tolbert prior, even in the limited amount of time that he had.
3: But separation was not there. He had He's... the one in the back of the end zone. I would have been interested to see what would have happened that Dak threw to him if it wasn't mm-hmm. the pass interference. Um, that would have been a really nice grab to – first touchdown, all that to add on, on your resume, but then he was held. So, yeah. But I mean, still Drew got him first down. It was in the third and long <laughs> Had situation. his man beat <clears> all <throat> the way through. Like uh, that That's the type of stuff I've seen from Jalen
0: Tolbert that has been more impressive, is the fact that he's building room between he, he and the defender, and then he's making grabs on top of that, and he's being productive consistently. I think right now, I mean, of course the numbers say he's the number three wide receiver, but he's pushing Michael Gallup for that role, just because he's been more productive to this point.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I would extend as far as guys that we'll probably see an increased role. I, I would extend that to every receiver not named C.D. Lamb, uh, mm-hmm. whether that be Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, Jalen Tolbert. I think all three of those guys coming into the season, we expected a little bit more through the first two weeks. And, and granted, things have gone great, and it's been sunshine and rainbows. But at the end of the day, you want to see you want to see Brandon Cooks have that random 100-yard game, which I think I'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Michael Gallup, you would like to see him get active in that short-to-intermediate game. We haven't quite seen that from him in the last couple of years. And even when he had his big season, you know, most of his stuff was downfield. We've talked about it. Uh, a little bit this week as well um, so I, I would like to see all three of those guys kind of pick up an increased role and uh, I'd also like to see Rico Dowdle get more involved in the receiving game specifically just because I think there's a lot of potential there um, we've seen a couple of times through these first couple of weeks it'll be a third and five third and medium type situation Dak will dump it off to Rico Dowdle in the flat and he's got green grass in front of him and he can make a play and he's done that so I'd like to see that a little bit more too what you think about the wide receivers? I, I
1: think everybody who's playing receiver on this team, to your point, is going to get the rock. It's yeah. just that style of offense, and they're going to make sure that everybody gets the ball spread around. Do you think it'll get, get it all the way to Jalen Brooks too, though? Yeah, Brooks was involved last week.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, but it, but getting like a game Targets. where, yeah, like where let's say like he catches like I don't know three or four passes. Do you think it'll ever get to that level? I
1: don't think I don't I don't think that this offense is structured to get one person the ball aside from CD, yeah, right, or, yeah. or you know, obviously Cooks when he's in there. This this is like literally come up to the line of scrimmage. These are the routes we have on this side. These are the routes we have on this side. Based upon the coverage, this is where we're, where we're going with the ball. So whoever is on the field at that point in time is going to get the rock. And that's why this offense can be so dangerous because you can't key in on one or two particular guys. Like Everybody's going to get the ball, and that's why – it's difficult on West Coast offenses to really hone in on somebody. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Jalen Brooks is out there. It doesn't matter if, if Jalen Tolbert is out there. It doesn't matter if you put Jalen Brooks, Turpin, and, and um, who did I just put? Jalen Brooks, Tolbert, Tolbert. And, um, and and um, Turpin out there. Like, somebody's getting a rock, and somebody's going to be able to do something with it. That's the, that's the awesome part about this. But I believe that one person my vote would be Hendershot. I think Henny Hendog has to get going. And I think that he will get more opportunities. I think he is a mismatched nightmare for people. Uh, I think the biggest thing for him is just confidence. So um, he'll get his opportunities. You saw them start to try to sprinkle some, sprinkle some things in there for him last week. It's just there's a lot of talent on both sides of this ball. Um, offensively, you're just starting to see the beginning of it. You
3: think better chance for uh, Endershot than uh, Schoonmaker to have a larger role as the season goes on?
1: Different, yeah. Different. Uh schoolmaker's huge. <laughs> he's a large human. That you know, he's a traditional tight end. He yeah. is is about as traditional as they get. He is wit, right? He is a wit tight end. Um, Hendershot is your your version of Darren Waller. He's your version of it, and I'm not saying he's Darren Waller. But he's, he's the closest thing that you have to Darren Waller at the tight end position on this roster. So no, in I terms think you, Isaiah just said that they have nope, Jason Witten. That's what I've heard. They have Jason Witten and Darren Waller. Definitely
3: didn't. That would be a hell of That's a That's impressive. Um, what do you think Jake Ferguson is? You think he's like a Tony Gonzalez?
2: He's
1: Fergie? a combo. He's a combo. Um, Wait till so
2: you hear John Stevens comparison.
1: But, you, <laughs> but you, I mean, you truly have three tight ends in that room that are still trying to figure themselves out. They, they honestly haven't figured themselves out. And once they have any kind of confidence, I mean, any of those guys can really skyrocket. Um, but I do believe that they all fulfill different roles.
2: And that's the challenge of having a young room like that. Jake Ferguson being the oldest guy in that room at, what, 24? 20, it, it maybe just turned 25. Mm-hmm. That's the challenge of that. But I, I think that's a challenge that this offense is built for. You know, that it's everything getting out quick and the tight ends are a big part of that. They're going to figure out their role really quick, and I think it's already happening. It, it, are you surprised that, one –
0: Schoonmaker and Ferguson had a touchdown grab before Peyton Hendershot. The, mo- the because the majority of the time we were in Oxnard, red zone work, it was Peyton Hendershot's show. Well, he, from dropped a tight end he dropped his touchdown. That's true in week yep. one. Yeah. Dropped it. Can't drop touchdowns. Can't drop <laughs> touchdowns. They don't just come your way like that. Are you surprised that the tight ends are the only ones that have a <laughs> touchdown to this
1: point? There has not been a wide receiver touchdown yet. No. Man, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I mean, for me, from my perspective, it doesn't matter. As long as you get the touchdown, it doesn't matter who gets it. I think most Cowboys fans would. Agree. Yeah, I mean, you're going to see it spread all over the place. Unless I know, you're big I know in people. Fantasy. Oh yeah, I know people are fantasies. They're like, oh, get it to CD. Oh, get it to be cooks. You just don't know, and the fact that you just don't know plays to your advantage so well.
2: The fact that you're plus sixty, yeah, it doesn't matter. But I am surprised. Like if you had told me before the season, yeah, yeah there won't be a receiver touchdown until Arizona in week three, I'd be like, well, what happens? Well, factoring, <laughs> Are we okay? factoring the weather, week one, and how good For the sure. Jets'
3: defense is, week two. I guess I, I'm not stunned. Get through this week three without a wide receiver having to touch now. I'll be, I'll be surprised then. Especially this week. Because
0: yeah. I think there's ways that this this Cowboys offense
1: can put up some big numbers against the Cardinals. And there's the
3: a keep me missing on the back end of that Cardinals defense. Yeah, there's a little bit. Yeah, so, Washington yeah. guy. Where did he go? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so whenever you're missing a Washington guy, you're probably going to be hurting a
3: little That's bit.
4: what I'm yeah. saying?
0: Now, Isaiah, I'll let you make the decision here. Do you want to take a break and then do your scouting report? Or do you want to go straight into it right now? You're calm, man. Roll the dice. Hmm. I want you to. I want you to go deep into it. So let's oh. go. Uh, let's go to break. When we come back, we'll do QB Vision. And Isaiah, we'll. I'm. I'm not going to do it. All right. <laughs> we'll be right back after this on Talking Cowboys.
1: They say champions are remembered, but legends
4: Go to blackriflecoffee.com to join the coffee club today.
0: It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black, and right now Cowboys fans can get fifteen percent off their seventy-five dollar order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the Playmaker at getjackblack.com/slash Cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's get Jack 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, this segment of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Isaiah, give us that QB vision. Tell us exactly <laughs> how the Cowboys can have some success
1: against this Cardinals defense. Well, Kyle, I believe that they're going to have to run the ball. I don't think that's any secret. And if you have a Tyler Smith on your team and he's on the front line and you have your starting five up front, I don't see why you would have any issues doing that. I would run the ball, particularly at an ex-Cowboy by the name of Carlos Watkins. I think that's the direction that you want to take the ball. I don't believe that these guys um, have the ability to really be dominant run stoppers. Uh, I think they run a traditional defense. And that when I say traditional, I mean, uh, you know, typical base four, four, three, cover two, you know, too high, two high safeties. Um, these they blitz a ton. Hey, I don't even think they're going to have Carlos Watkins. I, I just to die. Carlos uh, out. He happened bi- yesterday. Yeah, he's got a, a
3: oh, biceps. Uh, he's going to have to have bicep surgery. He I didn't want to interrupt yesterday. you, but I was. No, like, you're good. Short, Whoa. No, you're straight. I um, just heard his name mentioned, and I th- I thought that they were still evaluating it. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. yeah
1: he yeah, had yeah, to now go you're good.
0: undergo surgery. That was a yesterday. Yeah, classic. like
3: late yesterday.
0: Yeah. yeah. Off
1: of what I see on the film, so that's my fault. So I think these guys have the you have the ability to run against them relatively well. They try to do. Dallas-ish type stuff, meaning that they run a lot of stunts up front. They try to cross the face. They have the stand-up ends that are trying to come downhill and really try to cross the face of the offensive tackles or the tight ends, so they're pinching a lot, um, and there's a lot of lanes that are created. It's the same thing that kind of causes Dallas some problems whenever they leave some gaping holes. Um, Lane discipline isn't necessarily their thing right now in Arizona, so I think that you can uh, expose them in that regard. Um, In terms of pressure, you're going to have to Take care of your responsibility in terms of your keys and your, um, you res- and pretty much what's being asked of you for your for your responsibility, right? For your if you're a running back, you got to sit back and make sure you get your keys. Like if I'm going one to two, I'm going outside linebacker to inside. I need to keep my eye on that safety because they do a really good job of disguising their coverages. They do a really good job of disguising their coverages. Um, you can't tell what they're doing pre-snap, and they time up their movement with their safeties at the snap of the ball. Like they do it probably better than what I've seen in a long time. I was about to say, you, you said the
0: Jets did a nice job of that, of disguising certain coverages, not necessarily the yes. entire coverage, but half
1: Correct. of it. Correct. So take that and, like, turn it up because okay. that's these guys do a really good job with that. Now, obviously, Buda Baker was a big part of what they, yeah. their success in that he's not going to be present. But in terms of safety alignments, typically if you come up to the line of scrimmage, you see one safety deep, okay, your, your mind automatically goes to cover three, right, uh, you know, cover one. These guys the safety will be lined up typically towards your strength. So if you come out in a 3 by 1 set, that safety is not going to be in the middle of the field. That safety's going to be shaded as if he's going to be a two high safety and they'll still run single high coverage out of it. So you really have to keep your eyes on it. Um they they do a lot of split coverages like we talked about last week, mm-hmm. you know, the Jets did a little bit of that. These guys do a ton of it and it's really hard to tell. I'm talking about 2 seconds into the play it's still hard to 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 discern what it is that they're running. Are they running two? Are they running four? Are they running a combination of it? Like, it's really difficult. So in terms of Dak, Dak is going to have to really either be super sure of what it is and get the ball out of his hands quickly, which this offense is really predicated on. Or if they do decide to start pushing the ball down the field a little bit more, he's really going to have to know exactly what the coverage is. Like, he's really got the key in on it because he's not going to be able to just come up, line up, snap the ball, run the play. He's got to take a look at it pre-snap, and then get confirmation or reassess what the defense is presenting after the ball is snapped because these safeties make it really difficult, whether they're coming down in the box or whether, you know, sometimes they'll have a safety lined up way over, over, over your three-man set. They'll bring a safety in the box, and then this safety will over here, and he'll play a cover two, which is weird, right? right. He'll, he'll play a two on this side, and then they'll play a four or a man on this side. It's, it's really funky, some of the stuff that they're doing, and I'm surprised that they don't have uh, more turnovers than they do.
2: Do you think this is why New York kind of it took them a while to get going? Yes, I really that, do. Okay.
1: Yeah, they cause a lot of problems, and they they because they blitz so much. Where's my, where's my stat sheet? At? Uh, what did they find eventually? Do you think? Oh, uh, Waller. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Um, it's nice. to have. <laughs> yeah, so they they leave some gaps. So yep. when they decide to bring pressure, I think they they pressure. I think like the eighth most in the league, or something crazy like that. Um, words of that yeah but yeah they pressure a ton so one yeah they they have a blitz rate of 34 percent. so they're the eighth in the league we're 27th in the league so they're bringing pressure and when they do it they're usually doing zone blitz so they're dropping guys out when do they drop those guys out your tight ends have a chance to eat because there's a lot of gaps right in those little seams right they mm-hmm. leave those voids so guys if they're not getting to their mark you can get the ball out quickly the pressure never gets to you um but that's not to say that they can't get to you because they are right behind dallas in sacks like Right behind Dallas' and sacks. So these guys can get after you. Uh, what's the dude's name? He's just a hustle man. Uh, he's not even a starter. 40, 45, Dennis Gardick. That dude has a ton of sacks. I think I mean, he has three sacks. I think he has the same amount of sacks as Micah. So he's just one of those try-hard guys. And Osa. Don't, don't discount no, Osa. No, right. Come I on, do you now. know most people are thinking about Micah. So, I know. I'm just um, so he can get after you. He can definitely get after you. Um, these guys are high-effort. Like I said, I think they're a, they're a they're a want to be Cowboys defense. It's probably the best way so to you say see it.
3: anything like that looks anything like Philadelphia. Just because Jonathan Gannon, mm-hmm. you know, was the DC the D, D. over there in Philly the last couple of years. I'm just thinking that he's going to probably be pretty familiar with Dak and yes, game see, planning for Dak. And
1: you see the effort. Yeah, you see you definitely see the effort. I mean, the relentlessness of these guys. They, they're getting after it now. Yeah. They're, they're they're balls to the wall. They're not stopping until the whistle is blown. Right, and that's the reason why. Their non-starter has the most sacks on a team. Um, but you also see the blitz rate is up, right? So you see some of that carryover. Um, I don't think that they have the personnel yet to be as effective as a Philly, obviously. But you're seeing a lot of the confusion that they cause. You know, Philly caused Dak a lot of issues in terms of disguising coverages. We've seen that a lot over the last last year or two. Um, and that's when he had his turnovers. You see, you see that same strategy come over to Arizona. He just doesn't have the personnel yet. Yeah. Um, but he has some young guys. There's a cornerback that I really like. Um, you know I suck with names, Kyle. Kytrell, yes. Clark? Yes, there you go. 13. Kytrell Clark, 13. I like him. I like him a lot. That boy's footwork is nasty. I don't know how yeah. he's able to get in and out of breaks. He's a sixth-round pick, uh, too. His footwork. Good player. Is I, I've seen some double moves. I've seen some really good cuts, and this dude gets himself in positions and gets out of them, and it's almost like there was a glitch on the film. I had to go back like, there's a glitch? I'm looking at his footwork like, how did that? I don't know how he did that, but he's able to get in and out of it, right? And they're aggressive. Uh, they're safety 36. Andre Yeah, He's from Shacheri. Philly, right? From Philly. That boy
0: hits. There are a couple guys from, from Philly yeah. on this defense. You have to bring White, your guys over. Yeah, White was on there. Uh, I'm My... Page no, started good. reloading. There you go. But oh I think for the most part, yeah, there you go. So you yeah, you got Andre Shasheri, Kayvon Wallace. And Shashari's uh, gonna try to separate you white. from the
2: ball.
1: Yeah. He's literally trying to like
0: Punch a hole in your chest and when he I, hits you. I really like some of the guys that they picked up in the draft too. Recently, I mean, Dante Stillers Stills was a six round pick out of West Virginia that was kind of late in the draft, and they made him work. Leckie Fotu was was fun. He was mm-hmm. a fourth round pick in twenty twenty. Zaven Collins in twenty twenty one out of Tulsa. I mean, they've got some guys, but yeah. they're young and they're
1: inexperienced. Yeah, they have a lot of young young talent, you know. And I, like I said, just going back to kind of summarize it, I think the best way to go at these guys is run the ball. Number one, run it effectively. If you can do that, then you can get them blitzing. And once you get them yeah. blitzing, now you can have some nice little easy outs, which is why I bring up Ferguson. That's why I bring up the tight end room, because I think they can have a really big day um, in this particular game. Um, but also, a lot of their coverages, are they're, they're, they're down there now. I mean, yeah. they're, they're playing off. They're playing um, untraditional-looking coverages, which at times, because of what they're being asked to do, some, there's a lot of guys that are just left wide open. So, I think their defense can be so complicated, and their guys are so young that they haven't been in the system long enough to understand hey, I'm passing this off to you. When I'm in this position, this is your responsibility now, right? We're interchanging our 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 what it says on paper that we're supposed to do. So there's a lot of times where you can catch them slipping, um, but you're going to get 100% effort out of these guys, and you're going to get a lot of disguise. So a lot of pressure on Dak this week, um, and you can't sit back. Obviously, we're not holding the ball anyways, but you can't sit back and hold the ball on these guys because their effort alone will get back to you. I'm
3: just looking at the guys that made plays for them the last time the Cowboys played when they played them in – at the end of 2021, Mm -hmm. and they won that 25-22 game. That was an 11-win Cardinals team. Isaiah Simmons, Mm -hmm. Buda Baker, Chandler Jones. Like, I mean, they're just, to your point, it's
1: just not the same. No, it's not the same. And which is why I think they're playing a lot of zone. They're playing the time. I mean, these guys are where they at.
2: They play play zone
1: almost 80% of the time. Yeah. The
3: The Dennis Gardak had a good game in that one, though, too, that you mentioned. And,
2: and, And looking at... What they've put on film the last couple of weeks, there's a, there is a specific Cowboys player that kept popping in my mind as an opportunity to have a big game. I'm curious if we have the same one. Who would be yours? Uh, it's gonna be for me. It's gonna be Fergie. Okay, Honestly. for me it's Brandon Cooks because mm-hmm. I, I look at what he could possibly do on the outside against yep. a guy like Marco Wilson, and I think he could have a really big day. I think he could get over the top finally, and yeah. we could get a pass twenty yards downfield. <laughs> See, in my in my oh, thing with that is, exciting.
1: I think that if you're going to expose these guys, it's going to either one, you, if you're going to beat them over the top, it's going to be because they dropped they dropped the responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody had a mental mental error. They don't want you over the top.
2: I think that's likely.
1: Right? Yeah. So there's yeah. A, definitely a chance of that, right? But we just talked about the youth, right? Yeah, but the probability of it. Yeah. Right. They're going to play yeah. more say, play safer than they are going to be more aggressive on the back end. Okay. Um, the mid. They have. They because they play eighty percent zone. You have to just find the hole. Just find the hole in the zone. Number one, identify what zone they're playing because they don't play just two. They don't just play three. It's two over here and a combination of a three over here. And it's really funky. I don't know how they're figuring that out, mm-hmm. but they are playing some very untraditional defenses. So you have to identify it. A and B, make sure that you put the ball where it's supposed to go based upon what that coverage is on that side. Because if you sit back and you sit on your back leg and you wait for him to cross one zone and go to the next, well, he might be going into a completely different defense depending on where you're hitting him at in the, in the, uh, in the route.
2: So you think it's more unlikely that there's downfield action than, um, you know, what we could see against, I don't know, New England. or I I know you haven't scouted yeah. New
1: England. Yeah, for but... sure. No. I, think, I think the hole's in the middle. Okay. I mean, it's just right there, right? You talk about the middle portion of the field. That's where it's going to be at. My my only fear um, is that Dak – I don't say fear. My, my worry, right, mm-hmm. is that Dak does not diagnose what it is post-snap. That's what I feel like he fell into a little bit last year. But obviously – we're not really running routes that deep unless they're off of play action. Yeah, Dallas just isn't, right? So as long as they uh, continue with what they're doing in terms of getting the ball out of your hands quickly, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for guys to get yak yardage, right? Get the ball early, try to make it break a tackle, right? And try to find some space in the zone. But if they're asking Dak to hold the ball a little bit longer than we've seen over these first few weeks, then he's going to have to do a really good job of diagnosing what it is because guys are going to be at the line of scrimmage and they're going to be dropping out, right? The zone defense, right? Sometimes they'll pressure because they pressure a lot. Sometimes they're going to be dropping out. And if you don't if you think that you have a slant route open because the corner is sitting outside leverage and you see you know, a, a linebacker walked up and a safety walked up, you're like, okay, I'm just going to throw the slant right here. Somebody will drop out from the opposite side into that zone that you thought was void, was vacant mm-hmm. and you get picked off. And we've seen that before from Dex. So I'm just hoping that he sees everything post-snap. Just, just get that confirmation of a post-snap read as well. Um, it's not as easy as just walking up and saying, oh, okay, this is what it is. Yeah. So out of the three defenses that we've
0: seen, the Jets – the, uh, of course, the Giants in, in week one, and then now
1: the Cardinals. This is the most complicated.
0: This is, so talent wise, they're third on the list. Correct. No doubt in, 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 in our mind. Especially of, without Buddha. Especially yes. without Buddha Baker, talent wise. But from a scheme standpoint,
1: you think this is the toughest matchup? Yes. Just from a scheme only yep. perspective. Yep. From a scheme standpoint, I think this is the most complicated defense that we face. And again, that usually works to your works to their advantage against teams that hold the ball. I'm going to keep saying that. If Dallas continues to get the ball out their hands, I think it's going to make it more difficult. What I foresee Arizona doing is doing something they haven't been doing much, which is press. I mm-hmm. see them coming up and pressing, regardless if it's C-D, regardless if it's B-Cooks, they're going to put hands on you because they want to disrupt their ability to get off the line of scrimmage and get to those quick routes. And, and all make of a sudden you hold and, the ball. Make you hold the ball. Now they can drop their their, their first level, first and second level guys, defensive ends, linebackers, safeties. They can drop those guys out into those so-unquote-unquote unquote holes in their defense. And then that's when you start forcing errors. That's when they can force some errors onto you.
2: So running the ball is going to be a big part. You, That's that. what I'm saying. That's <laughs> yeah. why I led with that. Yeah, yeah, running
1: yeah. the ball is yeah. – is, 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 is whew, Tony
2: Pollard over 100 yards? Hmm. I, I think there's a chance With T. Smith there. back? And with all five the front question. and a defensive line that's replacing guys, I, yep. think, there's a, I think there's an opportunity. It
1: wouldn't there. be out of the question. Which yeah. one's more
0: likely? Brandon Cooks getting 100 yards, Tony Pollard getting 100 yards, yes. or Josh Dobbs rushing for
2: 75 <laughs> yards? 2-2. <laughs> 2-2, let, let t- let, baby. Let's pose that question, Isaiah. What do you mm. think? Which one do you think is
1: more likely <laughs> well, out of probable. those three? <laughs> I think TP might get his first hundred yard game. Mm. Hundred yards is a lot. Doesn't man. Sound
0: confident? Are you thinking Cooks? Uh, no, I'm going to go Pollard. You, you, you going to go, go Pollard.
3: Pollard? What would you say? Pollard for sure. I, I, he took he took a good good amount of hits yeah. in, in in that game on Sunday. Was it 25 but carries. He had 25 carries, 32 touches, both were career highs. It's a lot. He had a real <laughs> nasty had a real nasty chip block that knocked two guys down. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he was feeling. He said he was feeling it Sunday night, but now I think. Again, Carlos Watkins being out, Bud Baker—I I don't know. I think, and to your point, man, it seems like running the ball is is the best recipe. And I know fans like to see it. I'm not that thrilled about all the Dak Prescott runs unless you mm. absolutely need them. And you know what I'm saying? Especially um, if he's going to take a hit on the hip, yeah, and yeah, get oh inside the yeah. five. So I don't like. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's times in January where I'm all I'm all for that. I do think that sure. that will be needed, but. Week three, Arizona. Go ahead and give us a Rico cool. and
4: <laughs> Tony, maybe or, or at they, least
3: slide. Maybe get Deuce Vaughn going in, in the run game. Yeah. You know, maybe this is a little bit of a litmus test, though. I mean,
0: the focus has to be there. You can easily, I mean, it's the NFL. There's no off week, right? I mean, that's always the saying. But talent-wise, you you are head and shoulders above Arizona. That is not even the question. It's more so Execution. Get your job done. Yep. Do your job, DYJ. I mean, get it through. Get to week four. Don't overlook this Cardinals team. Get back home with a three and 0 record, and then try and set up a four and battle with San Francisco too. I yeah. understand that we're
3: not looking ahead, but don't do it. I mean, we are. Don't do but it. But however, comma don't do if it. If you're telling me that you're giving me this entire schedule, mm-hmm. and you're telling me which game am I most confident they're going to win the rest it. of the way? It's this Cardinals.
1: I get game. it. I, I, I don't the rest agree. of the, the, the rest of the way. Yes. I don't disagree with that, but you can high effort. It also, teams. Speaks
3: to their, it also speaks to their schedule. Like I don't think their schedule is easy by any means. Like I think the NFC East is is going to be tough. Like there's not many give me games. Like Do they Panthers, play Carolina, late? Yeah, Carolina. At Carolina, yeah, Carolina, mm. yeah. That's what it comes yeah. down to. It's between this game and Carolina. Yeah,
0: I think you're right. I think I would say they're more confident because at least that by that point they have a first overall draft pick that could be finding a little bit of a rhythm. It's a yeah. late game, like. Yeah.
3: Also, I'm going off of I don't know how they'll be playing at that time. I don't know who will be healthy. I know what they have right now. And I know that the done. way that they've played. Mm-hmm. Um, so factoring all that one. in, not having Buda Baker, like there's just this is the one I would say if you're like you have to, you know, survivor pool. I think you have to just get one of these right for the rest of the season. This is the game I'm taking. Mm. You know? That doesn't mean they're going to cover, you know, winning by double digits or anything like that. But I'm pretty confident
2: they're, they're going to win the game. In. Yeah. You said right. it's a litmus test for the uh, running game. Mm-hmm. Could be a lip test. Mm. Oh. I was waiting on it. Yeah,
0: well, uh-huh. we got to the uh-huh. final yep. thirty seconds of the show. <laughs> we had to get it in. Baby. And there's our Hunter Lipke. Let's go the Bison. Game. There you go, NDSU, <laughs> proud alum. Jeez, not not Nick Harris. I was about to say May Hunter well Lipke. <laughs> yeah, you might as well be. All right, that does it for us here on Talking Cowboys. We'll be back tomorrow, 9 a.m. Central Time, with some Say It With Your Chest Friday. We'll give our pickums and we'll update the standings. Somebody had a really good week last week. It was Isaiah. Not Isaiah me. had a good
4: week.
0: <laughs> Chris Beam, Isaiah, stand back. <laughs> For John Machoda and Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
4: How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!